the first Sunday of the year, I preached on we are people of the book. We're people of the book. I tried to define what it is to be of the book. What fundamentalism really is, misunderstood and, and slandered in, in the media for sure. But I'm proud, if I may say it in a good way, to be a person of the book. I'm not ashamed of being a person of the book. Uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God and of salvation to everyone that believes it. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So I'm not ashamed. In fact, on the back of our sign as you leave, we have a little thing that says, this is the fellowship of the unashamed. And that's a good thing to put on your shirt. People ask you about that. And I want to take you to, this is part two of people of the book. We are people of the book, part two. And Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 8 through 11 will be our text verses. Because we're a Bible-preaching church, I'm not up here to philosophize or to read out of a magazine or to tell you what a, some psychiatrist says that, uh, or psychologist who's never raised a, a kid, right? And by the way, I hate to tell you this, but suicide among them is one of the highest professions. So you go to somebody who's messed up to help you because you're messed up. I don't know. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you believe that? I don't know. I'd be slow. I'd be slow. You know, he came to his servant and he says, Will you go? And the servant said, No, I won't go. And later changed his mind and went. And then the other servant said, I will go, but didn't. Don't be the one that says, I will, but then don't. It'd be better to say no than do it. But I've seen a whole lot of Christians not believe those two verses. I say believe it in practice. See, with our mouth, we show much love. But our heart oftentimes will be far from where it needs to be. Be careful. Verse 10 for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And this is the key verse of these verses. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. Do you believe that? But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where the two I send it. I don't know about you, but I need encouragement on being a Christian. I need all the Bible has for me, which is not all encouragement. I need a good old-fashioned barnstorm of whipping once in a while. But I definitely need also encouragement. When I was 17, almost 18, and God began to deal with me hard, and I repented of my waywardness. I was introduced to this passage as I began to read the Bible. And of all the scripture, 
that I've been able to read, this verse is washed back on my mind over and over again. I probably could say about this verse, you were always on my mind. What do you do? Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? What keeps you going as a Christian in the face of adversity? What keeps you passing tracks out or for years laboring in that area without personally seeing any viable visual results? What keeps you going? What stirs the fire of gumption but everybody, when everybody around you seems to quit? Give it up, throw their hands up, and go their way. You wouldn't believe how many senior pastors, fundamental senior pastors across America have given up on door-to-door. And when I ask them about it, they'll say, well, it doesn't work anymore. Brother, if it worked back in the first century, it works today. The God that we worship is the same God as Elijah worshipped. I believe he still can call fire down from heaven if it's necessary and if it's something he wants to do. Passing out tracts, witnessing, inviting, preaching, teaching. In this short passage, I believe you can find a key for long-term victory. I mean, the key to not quitting. Now, I'm, I'm 68. I'm, a, I'm coming to the end of my world. I'm coming to the end of my ministry. I started at 18, and I'm 68. How, how many years is that? That's a long time. What I'm talking about, I know a little, but it didn't make any difference. If I preached this sermon at 18, it'd be just as true. As an 18-year-older, a year-old person that hadn't been through much, hadn't seen much, hadn't heard anything go bad, uh, I could get up here and preach this, and it'd be just as true. Timothy, don't let them despise your youth. Preach the Word of God. It's beautiful. When I was young, I preached the Word of God. The Word of God was just as true when I was young as it is today. Now, now as a preacher, it's nice to be able to add some personal experience into it, you know. It's nice to be able to add some of that flavor into it. But, brother, that doesn't diminish at all or really add much to the eternal, forever settled Word of God. Amen? I like that. I'm excited. I mean, don't give up. I mean, don't, don't go into despair. Don't retreat into isolation. Over and over again, going door to door through the years, I've, I've met born-again Christian after born-again, and I think they're saved in many, but yet they have been discouraged about church. They've been discouraged about serving. They've been discouraged about giving. They've been discouraged about witnessing, and they've given up. I mean, we have an enemy. He can't send you to hell as a born-again Christian, but he can neutralize your ability to serve God. And he can send other people to hell indirectly by stopping you from telling them there is a Savior. So let's look at these verses real quick. Number, verse 8. We see, the first of all, the thoughts and the ways of God are different than our ways. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. We need to get it straight. 
You are not a little God. Walking around. And you know liberals believe that. They teach this. They teach this. You're just a little God walking around. No, you're not. In fact, you don't think like God, and you don't operate like God, and you're not, and you're not a little God. As the Bible describes us, and don't turn to it, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 through 18, he starts out saying there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Even the little old gray-haired woman that looks like she wouldn't step on an ant is a wicked, vile sinner in the sight of God. You're sitting beside her. You're afraid to say something, ain't you? <laughs> Some of you married to that woman I just described. Remember, better or worse. But we're in the Bible, man. Man's not described as having any little flicker of light. We don't have no flicker of light. We don't have a little light that you fan by good works and somehow you're going to get a little bit better and maybe make your way to God. That's a heresy and that's wicked lies from hell. The Bible says we're all sinners, not one of us able to save ourselves by any amount of good works, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration renewing of the Holy Ghost. You... To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. What's counted? His faith. Abraham, believe God, and it was counted for righteousness. And if you ever make it to heaven, it'll be through Jesus, and it'll be through faith in him. <clears throat> so, when you get saved, you just start on the path. After years of much thinking, and you realize that your ways are really, really, really a long way from God's ways. So how do we solve that? We read the Word of God. We read the Bible, the mind of Christ. Now, I'm, a, I'm just going to be real tough on you this morning. You came voluntarily so that I could be tough on you. But if you don't read to God, you're, if you don't read the Bible, you're insulting God. If I was you, I wouldn't do that. You're not too busy. You're not too important. You don't have too much going on to read the Bible through this year. If you read the Bible through this year at least one time, and maybe more, of course, I hope you do, you're telling God, I believe the book that you gave me is important to me and for me. Ignore it, and you're doomed to making God in your own image. Making God in your own image. We're so full of pride that we think God's like us. Oh, that's good preaching. That's good truth. That really is. We're so full of pride that somehow, you know, I've had people tell me, I've had people tell me with the sweetest, kindest look you'd ever could could put on your face a loving God. Wait a minute, they say it this way. A loving God <laughs> would never send anyone to hell. And I'm looking at them going, well, you're just calling God a liar. Look, I didn't write the book. 
I'm just telling you, the Bible says if you don't have Christ your Savior, you're going to hell. I'm not doing any damage to you by that. I'm warning you, there's a rattlesnake under your seat. I'm, good, I'm the good guy. Don't kill the messenger. So we need an understanding, essentially, of the Bible to keep the world view away from us. Man, the world today is trying to get you, trying to convince you. They got the best instruments they've ever had to do this. The devil's got the Internet, not all of it. The devil's got much of the Internet. He's got all kinds of phones. He's got all kinds of electronic devices, and media is going crazy. Social media is going crazy. All of that communication, and much of that communication out there is to try to get you to think wrongly about God. Make you to be pragmatic rather than principle-based. What are you this morning? Are you pragmatic or principle-based? Pragmatic is you honor the things that work. Principle is you believe what the Bible says, and whether it works or don't work, you just believe that's true. Now you spank your child. I've had women, I believe in spank. I've been even go to good old-fashioned spanking. Like I, I can't go on this very long. I've had women with two-year-olds, three-year-olds call me, weeping, saying, Preacher, I must be doing something wrong. I just spanked my child for the 10th time today. And I said, you are doing something wrong. Oh, preacher, what is it? You're not spanking him hard enough. <laughs> preacher, why is it when dad gets home, the kid respects dad a lot more than me? Because he spanks him harder than you do. That's good preaching. <laughs> so we, we find God's not like us. Secondly, we find in verse 9 there that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As the heavens higher than earth, so, uh, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher. Higher means uh, to soar, to be lofty, uh, um, above. We live, in, we live in low values, low morals, and low ideals. You know, we're low. Man is some of the worst of all the people, all the all the beings on this planet. Man is some of the worst of all the beings. I'm talking worse than the donkey, worse than the lion, worse than the tiger, worse than the dog, worse than the dog. That's about as bad as it gets. Some of you people treat your dog better than you did your kids. My dad's dog died, and he wept about three days. He came to me and he confessed his sin. He said, if you died, I don't think I'd cry that much. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. I mean, as people, look around how people abuse people and how irresponsible people are and how lazy people are and how perverse people are and what they do to each other. Have you ever seen a male cat mate with another male cat? I bet you haven't. Have you ever seen a male horse mate with another male horse? I bet you haven't. I bet you've not seen two roosters walk down the aisle. <laughs> I'm just trying to prove to you something. Man is lower than the animals around him. 
He's worse than they are. But while God's ways are what? They're morally high. It has high values, high ideals. Where kindness is king, where love prevails, where unselfishness is supreme, where thinking of others is first and ordinary, not inordinary. Uh, Where honesty is the only way, where truth is triumphant, where generosity is the rule of the day. Glory, I can't wait to get to heaven. Higher, brother, higher. I need a transformation. How about you? I mean, a new mind, a transplanting of God's thoughts and ways into my psyche and my being. That's what I'm looking forward to. He says, you're not like me. My ways are way higher than your ways. So it makes sense you don't understand God. It makes sense. It makes sense. Thirdly, we notice that God's Ways and thoughts are productive and creative and prosperous. Look in verse 10. For the rain cometh down, the snow from heaven. Uh, we in Florida don't know what snow is, but we try to imagine. And returneth not hither, but watereth the earth. And it goes on. If I lost the page here. You know, this page 7 of this sermon. Oh, it's right there. You say, why do you use notes? Because I'm human, that's why. Plus, you don't want me to preach an hour and a half, do you? See, a preacher without notes, he's long-winded. Rain comes, and you're a farmer. No rain, I don't care how good you try to be a farmer. If you don't get water to it, it's not going to grow, amen? Come on, that's, that's really simple, amen? And, and the Word of God is like, is like rain. It's, it puts it, it, we're ready to blossom. We're ready to, to work for God. We're ready to go. But we need, his, we need His rain. We need the rain of God, the moisture, as it were, of God. We're dry without it. You know, a desert will bloom if you put water on it. Deserts don't look like there's anything alive in it. But if, you, if the Sahara Desert, all of a sudden the weather pattern changed, and the Sahara Desert got a bunch of rain, that would be one of the most lush-looking areas of the world. It's ready to go. It just needs water. It needs water. We need water. We need God. No water, no fruit. We need it. Look in verse 11. So shall, like that rain, so shall my word be goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Through all of these years, what's helped me to keep going, to keep on, keeping on, has been this verse. My word shall not return unto me void. The word of God gets the credit. Now notice that. Just like a farmer does not get the credit for growing anything. Farmers don't grow anything. They plant, they cultivate, they get in order, they move around, but God grows it, amen? And farmer know that. He knows that, man. Farmer's got the seed, but he can't make it go. Right now, I'm trying to grow some royal poinciennas. So we pulled the seed pods down the other day, and my wife and I broke off the seed pods, and, and we put the seeds, and she got on the internet and read how to do it. And, and man, it's complicated how to get those things. Only 50% of them germinate. Trying to get them out, I want to grow a bunch of royal poinciennas. And so we're doing that. But I realized 
that as much as we want to mess around with those things, the life's got to be there, and the rain and the water put together, and God will grow it. You need that. I need that. How dependent on we are of God for fruit, everything, everything. Plow all you want, plant all you want, fertilize all you want, build barns all you want, buy farm equipment all you want. But activity does not equal fruit. Activity does not equal fruit. Work without the word of God is ultimately void and wasted and comes to nothing. That's why I just I chose at 18 years old not to depart from being a Bible preacher. I chose to make my life swirl around the Bible. That I would take the Bible and I would propagate it in every kind of way that was, if it's not, if, if it's morally correct, I'll do it and, and, and just get it out there because I believe this verse, my word will not return unto me void. That energizes me to, for the bus ministry there. We say, well, I've been in the bus ministry 30 years, haven't seen any fruit, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be fruit. Well, I've passed out tracks for 30 years. I haven't seen anybody walk down and get saved. That doesn't mean that people don't get saved. We had a book come to us here a while back as testimonies of people getting saved on gospel tracks, a whole book. And they got saved a lot of times when the track was thrown away by somebody. Now, when somebody took the track, read it, threw it away, somebody else picked it up, and read it. The Holy Spirit was in the process, so you got the Word of God, right, the track, and the Holy Spirit is the rain, and it makes for growth if there's a little faith. Amen, amen. It shall not return unto me void. I believe that's the reason you don't quit reading your Bible, passing out tracts, memorizing verses, teaching Sunday school, supporting missions, and the like. You do not get discouraged Oh, I mean, you know, there's moments of discouragement. Uh, but, you, but as the old boy said one time, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eyes lifted up. Lift up your eyes. The fields are white unto harvest, Jesus said, didn't he? Keep your eyes up. Why, I've had people get onto the bus ministry and say, man, we're spending a lot of money running those buses, the diesel fuel, and the upkeep. And, and I mean, but let me ask you a question. What is one eternal, never-dying soul worth. What's it worth? I can tell you this. If I'm that soul, I'm glad you spent the money. I'm glad you did it. If I'm one of them little bus kids over there with a mom that may be a hooker and maybe a, maybe a dad that's a drug addict or, or, or they come all kinds of different wild, crazy homes. Some of them have good homes, but some of them don't. I'm glad you came by my house. I believe Brother Crabb was saved from the bus minister over there. Pastor church, started church up Michigan, I believe, and, and pastored church 42 years or so. Who knows how much fruit came out of that one bus worker? <laughs> that one bus worker, God bless his soul. How many times we got to hear that? I'm, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is quit believing your eyes. Quit believing your eyes. Quit believing your logic, human logic. Quit believing a lack of results because God said, my word will not return unto me void. 
The person I go to the Bible as an example on this is, of course, Noah. Uh, we just recently had a preacher's fellowship. Once a year, preacher's fellowship. We had 25 independent fundamental Baptists meet up in, uh, of course, a buffet. Because Paul said, the buffet your body. <laughs> and so we went up there and, and uh, we ate and fellowship. And I thought about how each one of those guys was a miracle. Each one of those guys was a miracle. And every one of you that are born again in this room is a miracle from God. Somebody had to share the Bible. Somebody had to share it. Now, you know, in sharing it, I would, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you sometimes when I share it, I'm not very enthused. Sometimes when I share it, I'm not very confident in what's going to happen. And even sometimes I get on the negative side of the whole thing and maybe don't think anything's really going to happen out of that. And then God says, ooh, oh, yeah, you don't think I got any power. And God does some mighty miracle which we know not. Call unto me and I'll show you great mighty things which you know not. Jeremiah 33, 3. Are you willing to do that? You're willing to say, God, I believe in, I believe I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person of the book. I'm a believer of the book. I'm, I'm going to believe it enough to just be faithful in what you said to do. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature pretty much is everybody. Just go out there and do it. Quit you whining. Quit you crying. Quit all that stuff that's negatizing you. I don't know if that's a word, but I like it. Negatizing. Oh, brother. It shall accomplish that which I please, the Bible says. It shall prosper in the thing whither to I send it. Do you believe it? See, here's what it is. Belief is not flapping your lips and saying, I believe. Belief is doing. Belief is action. Belief is shut up and put up. Belief is making it happen. Uh, do you believe that the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the Word of God, God does something miraculous in the services like this? The Bible says so. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Bible says something miraculously happens by preaching from the first century in the book of Acts. Uh, the first thing that happened was Peter got up and preached a sermon. It's been God's sanctioned method. It's been God's sanctioned way of reaching his people and building his people and reaching lost and if you really believe that, then you'll be here when it happens. Oh, you didn't think I was going there, did you? That was what I'm trying to say is there's practical. If you believe that God is going to be at a preaching service, word of God, you wouldn't miss it. If I told you that Jesus Christ himself was going to be at Gospel Baptist Church tonight at 6 o'clock, would you miss it? You wouldn't even want to go home. I'm saving my seat. Do you know I've been to I've been to meetings that people wanted to be at so badly that they would they would just have their Bible down there and they would kind of protect their seat. I went to a meeting where there were five thousand fundamental independent preachers and you did too, and they protect those seats and they they go and they go in there an hour and a half early in the auditorium and put their Bible down, make sure. And boy, I mean, you know, when you move that guy's Bible, you better you better look how big he is. They don't call us fighting fundamentalists for nothing. 
But I mean, you don't move that person's Bible, man. They, they want to be there. They got it all in. But I want to be all in. How about you? I'm all in because the Bible says, my word will not return void unto me. That's enough for me. That's enough to give my time, my talent, and my treasure. I'm with it. Are you? Father, help us this morning. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.